Good morning everybody. It's such a privilege to uh, be here this morning and it's just great to be able to share uh, God's Word. Let's just pray before we hear uh, God's message for us today. Lord Jesus, I just thank you uh, for your Word. Lord, thank you for the Gospel. Lord, I just pray that uh, as I deliver your Word this morning, Lord, that you would bless it to our ears. In the name of Jesus. Amen. I was just thinking this morning, I wonder how many choices you've made today. It might have been about what what clothes you put on this morning it, with virtual church. It might have been uh, whether to get out of bed uh, this morning to, to, to watch church. There's so many choices that we have uh, throughout a day and sometimes those choices are really big choices that we have to make and sometimes the little choices, like, shall I have a cup of tea or shall I have a cup of coffee? Or there might be massive uh, choices that we're making that influence our future direction. But, I mean, choices are things that we all have to make. Some choices are easy to make. Some choices are very difficult to make. Some choices make themselves. It's like opening a box of chocolates and, and you choose your favourite one. Some of those choices... Are exceedingly easy and this morning I want us to think a little bit about the choice that's presented throughout the Bible. Edwin Markham said that choices are the hinges of destiny. The very decisions that we make have such powerful influence. Some of you will know Martin Luther King and his I have a dream speech. But what you might not know is that I Have a Dream speech wasn't a prepared speech. The I Have a Dream speech was when Mahalia Jackson shouted from the audience to him, tell them about the dream. And Martin Luther King started to improvise. He started to speak from his heart and not the prepared notes. And the result was that greatest of all speeches in, in probably American and one of the greatest speeches in world history. The choices that we make, the, the random choices, the inconsequential choices. But sometimes those choices change destinies. They change the course of history, the course of the future. Some of you will know that Hannibal was a, a, a famous Carthaginian general. And he was on his way to, to try and take over Rome. And he thought he'd do it the long way. So he decided, you, you all have heard about Hannibal and his elephants, and he decided to take them over the Alps. And he was unsuccessful in the end, but he might not have been if it wasn't for one thing. While he was crossing the army, they encountered a large snowfall, which slowed them down. And Hannibal, trying to show the army that everything was safe, took the cane that was in his hand, thrust it into the ground, into the snowfall, and caused an avalanche which wiped out pretty much most of his army. Choices can have huge consequences. And in the Bible, there is a choice that's given that runs all the way through the Bible, from the very start right through. And that choice is about what we do, a decision that we are called to make. Sometimes we're continually presented with the same choices 
over and over again. And you know, this morning, it's not too late to make a different choice to the one that we've already made. And the Bible constantly lays out a choice for us. If you've been making different choices throughout your life and things haven't changed, if you want something different than you've experienced before, sometimes we just have to do something different than we've done before, make a different choice. You know, I'm minded of having grown up through the 1980s and uh, George Michael had this t-shirt that he, that he wore and it's a big emblazoned choose life and you know that is the choice that runs through the bible like a stick of rock it runs through it from the start to the finish john 1 chapter uh, verses 1 to 4 says this in the beginning was the word and the word was with god and the word was god he was with god in the beginning and through him, everything was made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. And in him was life. And that life was the light of all men. So the first point I want to make is about what is this choice? There is a choice that we have to make between life and death. Right back in the Garden of Eden in Genesis 2, verses 16 to 17, it says, The Lord God warned him, this is Adam, You may freely eat the fruit of every tree in the garden, except the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. If you eat its fruit, you are sure to die. There was a choice laid out before Adam. You see, there were two trees in the garden. There was the tree of life. And we again meet the tree of life when we look in the book of Revelation, uh, where, we, where we see the tree of life with the leaves for the healing of the nation. But here, right back at the start of human history, there is a choice. There's a choice about whether we choose life or whether we choose death. And we see that creative power, as John told us at the start of his gospel, was Jesus he was the life at the start of creation, and without him, nothing was made that had been made. As we go through Bible history, as we go through Moses, as we go through the captivity, we see again in Deuteronomy chapter 30, 19 to 20, another choice is laid out before the people of Israel. And it says this, Deuteronomy 30, 19 to 20. Today I have given you the choice between life and death, between blessing and cursing. Now I call on heaven and earth to witness the choice you make, or that you would choose life so that you and your descendants might live. You can make this choice by loving the Lord your God, obeying him, commit yourself firmly to him, because this is the key to your life. And if you, if you love and obey the Lord, you will live long in the land that the Lord swore to give to your ancestors, Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. So we can see that this choice seems to be something that is perpetually offered, perpetually comes back to us. 
So today that brings us to the sort of question of what choice am I making today? And that choice between life or death, what decision do I make? When we go on to Jeremiah 21 verse 8 to 9, it says this, Tell all of the people, this is what the Lord says. Take your choice of life or death. Everyone who stays in Jerusalem will die from war, famine or disease. But those who go out and surrender to the Babylonians will live and their reward will be life. There's always this choice that seems to be going on, this, this dynamic battle between what we choose as our option and our experience. Whether we're choosing that experience of the life that comes in Christ or whether we're choosing that experience that leads to death. In Matthew 7 verses 13 to 14, taking us into the New Testament, so we can see this thread that runs through the Bible. Matthew 7, 13 to 14 says, You can enter God's kingdom only through the narrow gate. The highway to hell is broad and its gate is wide for many who choose that way. But the gateway to life is very narrow and the road is difficult and only a few ever find it. Again, we see this dynamic choice being given, the choice between life and the choice between death. In the book of Romans 5 and verse 17, we, we read about this incident that we started off this sermon with back in the time of Adam in the garden. And Romans 5, 17 says this, For the sin of this one man, Adam, caused death to rule over many. But even greater is God's wonderful grace and his gift of righteousness. For all who receive it will live in triumph over sin and death through this one man, Jesus Christ. So this morning, this death and life choice is available to us all. That life comes through an experience of accepting the sacrifice and the triumph over sin and death that comes through believing and living through Jesus Christ. You see, our second point this morning is that Jesus is the tree of life. Remember it said right back at the start that there were two trees in that garden. There was the choice between the, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, which would lead to death. And in Genesis 2 verse 9, we read this, that the Lord God made all sorts of trees grow up from the ground. Trees that were beautiful and produced delicious fruit. And in the middle of the garden, he placed the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. You see, there was that choice, the choice between life and death. And what I want us to do now is I want us to see that Jesus is that tree of life, that choice that we have to, to, to sup on, to seek on, instead of chasing after the knowledge of, uh, of good and evil, to chase after the knowledge of Jesus Christ brings us life. Now in Genesis 2 verse 9 it uses some really interesting language uh, in Hebrew. It says the Lord God made all sorts of trees grow up from the ground like spring up, sprout. In Isaiah 11 verse 1 it's exactly the same language that's used here where 
Out of the stump of David's family will sprout, will grow a shoot. Yes, a new branch bearing fruit from the old root. So we read that out of Jesse's family, out of the Adam's line, suddenly a new tree sprouts. And that sprout we now know is Jesus coming from the line of David, born in Bethlehem, a saviour to us all, born so that God took flesh, took our place, died in our place. John 1, 1 to 4 says, In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. He was in the beginning. Through him everything was made, and without him nothing has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. Jesus is the representation of the tree of life that we saw in Genesis. In him is life. In John 14, verse 6, we read, Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no man can come to the Father except through me. This morning, we know that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. The way to have that choice, the choice between living in darkness and living in the light, comes through a decision to follow Jesus Christ. In Proverbs 13, 12, it says this, Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a dream fulfilled is the tree of life. You know, this morning you might be saying, like, Oh, someday I'm going to get round to it. I keep hearing about this Jesus, and someday I'll, 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 I'll get round to it. Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a dream fulfilled is the tree of life. And the tree of life is Jesus. In him we can live abundantly. In John 10 verse 10 it talks about abundant life. I came that they might have life and have life abundantly. And this morning, that is the message of the cross, is that we can have abundant life through Jesus Christ. In Colossians 1, verse 27, it says this, To them that God has chosen to make known amongst the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. When we have Jesus living within us, it's no longer I who lives, but Christ who lives in me. And when Christ is living within us, he is our hope of glory. He is our hope of eternal life, of eternal salvation. He is our hope of knowing God, even as God knows us. You know, when God talks about how he knows us, he talks about how he knows us in our inward parts. The most hidden secret parts of our hearts, our bodies, our minds, our, our thoughts, all of these things are not hidden to God. He knows these. But when we go to glory, when we stand face to face with Christ, it says, in that time we will know him, even as we are known. 
we all know the fullness of the majesty and the extent of Christ's glory, the amazing riches of his mercy that we only have a taste of at this point in time. What a glorious inheritance. Proverbs 3, 13 to 18 says this, Joyful is the person who finds wisdom, the one who gains understanding. For wisdom is more profitable than silver, and her wages are better than gold. Wisdom is more precious than rubies, and nothing you can desire can compare with her. She offers you long life in her right hand and riches and honour in her left. She will guide you down delightful paths. All of her ways are satisfying. Wisdom is a tree of life to those who embrace her and happy are those who hold on to her tightly. You know, the wisdom that comes in that surrender to Jesus Christ. He has become for us wisdom. He has become for us righteousness. You know, when it talks about prayer and uh, our, our frailty, our human frailty in the book of James, it says, let anyone that lacks wisdom seek it from God who gives it generously, who gives it abundantly and will let his people know. You see, that is the nature, that is the heart of God, the revealer of knowledge, the revealer of wisdom. Proverbs says, joyful is the man that finds wisdom. Joyful is the man who finds Christ. Wisdom is a tree of life to those who embrace her. Happy are the ones who hold on to her tightly. In the book of Colossians 2 verses 2 to 3 it says, I want them to be encouraged and knit together by strong ties of love. I want them to have complete confidence that they understand God's mysterious plan, which is Christ himself. In him lie hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. You see, Jesus is the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Jesus is the tree of life. Jesus is the choice that we have. Not the inconsequential choice about what shirt you put on this morning, but one of those choices, like Edward Markham said, are, are the hinges of history, are the changing points, the pivotal points of our life. These are the big choices of life, the choice that changes the course of history, the choices that change speeches or the fates of armies, the choices that determine the paths of our future and the paths of our life. But then it remains for us to do this. We need to choose life. And this is where I want to take us is, as we've gone through the first two parts of this sermon about choosing life this morning. Genesis 2, 22 to 24 says this. Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib and he brought her to the man. At last, the man exclaimed, this one is bone from my bone, flesh from my flesh. She'll be called woman because she was taken from man. And this explains why a man leaves his father and mother 
and is joined to his wife. And the two are united in one thing. Now, I want us just to dwell on this little portion of scripture. You might think, oh, where, where's Dave going? No, I thought I knew where we were going. When we're talking about life in Genesis, we're, talk, we're talking about a Hebrew word, which means lachaim, which means to life. Now, some of you will be familiar with a figure on the roof and an amazing dance scene. Everyone goes, lachaim, lachaim, to life. And it's a very interesting word, though. And I want us to think about this word because it's really important to where we are this morning. Lachaim is a plural. And that doesn't mean it's... It's, it's just some sort of weird English thing where it's a, a, a continual tense. But Lachaim is something that indicates two things that become one. Just like when God talked about marriage in Genesis, about the two become one flesh. Lachaim is a pair. It is like... And I'm not I'm not wearing them today. That's, that's, that's probably probably uh, why I'm looking at my my notes and it's so squinting. It's it's the same way in Hebrew that a pair of specs ends in I'm because it's a pair of spectacles. The same ending that's used for trousers in Hebrew is the same because it's a pair of trousers that has two legs but they're joined in the middle. Spectacles have two arms but they're joined across the front. It's this, in Hebrew the same ending I'm is for a pair of socks for for all sorts of things. Like Jerusalem is actually the same I'm at the end. But the Chaim is about this fusion between two things, about partaking of life. And that's why it's more than just this, oh, choose this thing or that thing. No, it's about something that's far deeper, far more incredible than that. That when we choose the life that comes in Christ, we're talking about being fused into one thing with him. The two become one. In 2 Peter 1 verses 3 to 4 it says this, by his divine power God has given us everything we need to live a godly life. We've received all of this by coming to know him, the one who called him to himself by means of his marvellous glory and his excellence. And because of his glory and excellence he has given us great and precious promises. And these are the promises that enable you to share his divine nature. That that life is joined and escape the world's corruption caused by human desire. You see, when we become partakers of the divine nature, we are sharing in the life of God. Isn't that quite incredible that we have been called to have that fusion, that same life 
that raised Jesus from the dead now lives within us. The very same power that raised Jesus from a tomb, stone cold dead for three days, now lives in us because we've been united in the life of Christ Jesus. You see, our life is indivisible from Jesus. When we choose life, is a commitment to being deeply involved and inseparable from him. In John 15 verse 5 we read, I am the vine and you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me you can do nothing. The life that we now live, we live by the power of Christ. In 1 Corinthians 15, 45 to 49, it says this. The scriptures tell us the first man, Adam, became a living person. But the last Adam, that was Christ, is a life-giving spirit. What comes first is a natural body and then the spiritual body comes after. Adam, the first man, was made of the dust of the earth, while Christ came from heaven. Earthly people are like the earthly man, and heavenly people are like the heavenly man. Just as we are now like the earthly man, we will someday be like the heavenly man. Just as all of mankind shared that nature of Adam, so by Jesus' sacrifice on the cross, we now are someday like the heavenly man, sharing the life of Christ. In Colossians 3 verses 1 to 4, it says this, Since then you have been raised to new life with Christ. Set your sights on the realities of heaven, where Christ sits in the place of honour at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven and not the things of earth. For you die to this life. Your real life is hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world, you will share in all his glory. And you know, that, that is why this is such a fundamental choice. And you might think, Dave, why were you talking to us about this choice? I made that choice ages ago. But do we understand the choice and the dynamism of what it means to live the life of Christ, to have Christ living in us, fused in us, in, as Paul was saying in the words of the Greek poets, in him we live and move and have our being. Now in Revelation 22 verse 14 it says this, Blessed are those who wash their robes, for they are permitted to enter through the gates of the city and eat from the fruit of the tree of life. You know, when I die and go to glory, I'm going to be blessed because my robes will have been washed and I can go through the gates of the city and from the tree of life, I can take the fruit and eat and live forever and ever in the presence of God. And how do I know this? Because Revelation 7.14 says they have washed their robes in the blood of the Lamb and made them white. 
You see, I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that I can walk through the gates of the glorious city, that I can reach out my hand, that I can take the fruit of the tree of life and live forever in the presence of God because Jesus died in my place so that I could partake of heavenly life with him and have my robes washed in the blood and the sacrificial blood of Jesus, which gives me entry to heaven. And you know what? That, that's why even this side of heaven, it tells us that we can boldly approach the throne of grace so that we can seek mercy in times of trouble because this price has already been paid. We've already been washed by the blood of the lamb and made white. That's why this choice is so important. When things are going wrong, how blessed is it to know that we have the assurance that we can boldly approach the throne of grace to seek mercy in times of trouble. I don't know about you, but I experienced times of trouble. I experienced challenge. Yet I know, I know by the sacrifice of Jesus, I know that through his sacrifice for me, that I am his, that I can boldly approach the throne of grace. See, I know one thing, and it's been with me through my whole life, that I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation. Romans 1, 16. I'm not ashamed uh, of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is God's power to salvation. He has saved me. He is with me through the good times, through the bad times, through the hard times, the quiet times, the noisy times. God is with me. Jesus and his gospel is the power of God to salvation. We heard a couple of weeks ago about the, the story of Lazarus and Mary and Martha. In John eleven twenty five. This is how Jesus talked to Martha. Martha, Jesus said, you don't have to wait until then. I am the resurrection. I am life eternal. Anyone who clings to me in faith, even though he dies, will live forever. You see, we have eternal life. Jesus said, I am the resurrection. I am life eternal. Today, if you've chosen life, you've chosen to have this fusion between the life of Christ living in you, coursing through your body. You become partakers, as it says in Peter, of the divine nature. 1 John 5 verse 11 to 12 says this, And this is what God has testified. He has given us eternal life and this life is in his son whoever has the son has life whoever does not have the son does not have life now this morning i said 
that some choices are like the hinges of history. If you have never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Saviour, accept him now. If you don't have Christ, you don't have life. If you have Christ, you have eternal life. If life's feeling a bit wonky, uneven, eat of the tree of life. Now Jesus said, I am the bread of life. Eat this bread. Eat from me. Feast on me. Feast on the life of God. Not trying to live in your own strength. Remember, it's, it's no longer I who lives, but Christ who lives in me. You know, if you've never made that decision, there's plenty of opportunities, ways that you can ask for prayer. Let somebody know on the, on, on the church platforms, uh, email us, all sorts of ways. But if you've never made that decision to follow Jesus Christ, I challenge you, make, the, make this choice that will change your future history forever. Choose life, not death. Choose Jesus, because I'm not ashamed of his gospel, for it's the power of God to salvation this morning. Lord Jesus, I just pray that you bless your word to us this morning. Lord, I thank you for your word that gives life. Lord, I just thank you that the very same power that raised Jesus from the dead now lives in us. That if we are going through trials and tribulations this morning, that we can boldly approach the throne of grace and we can find your mercy in our time of trouble. Lord, we just thank you for the powerful name of Jesus. May God bless you and keep you and make his face shine upon you this morning. In the name of Jesus. Amen.